0: Welcome to Kirstie Alley on the Verge. Be sure to follow Kirstie on Twitter and parlor at Kirsty Alley. You can also follow the official show Twitter at K-A-On-The-Verge. That's K-A-On-The-Verge. On today's episode, Kirstie talks about the caretakers she's had in her life. Kirstie is joined by special in-studio guest Kelly. Ladies and gentlemen, Kirstie Alley.
1: Hey! How are you guys? Thanks for tuning in. I know you have a lot of choices, so thanks for tuning in. Today, we're actually going to sort of stay on point. Okay, so we have Corey and Kelly here, and what we were talking about was the caretakers in my life. Um, And that doesn't mean like people taking care of me physically. It means that the only thing I've ever invested in was properties. So at one time, I think I had nine properties and as i said before this isn't a smart investment it's not like someone who has apartment buildings or uh you know commercial buildings and they just make tons of money mine just costs money and costs money but one of the reasons that they they had to uh it, they we at any place because I it was all remote. You know, one place was in Oregon, one place was in Maine, two places were in Kansas. They were all over the place, so at each place I had to have a caretaker. And uh, you know, some places like in Oregon there were horses, and you know, in another place there's lemurs, and in another place there's no animals, but there's you know criminals. <laughs> I don't know. You always we had to have caretakers, so a big part of my life. And now maybe the funniest part of my life is looking back with Kelly and Corey or anyone who's ever worked with me or been a good friend of mine um, is to talk about the caretakers. And I guess to start off, you should just know that caretakers are a special breed. Because especially if you're caretaking a property – in let's say Oregon. let's just take that as an example. It's I bought it a long, long, long time ago. It's almost 400 acres. There's woods. There's meadows. There's there's the main house. It's not a big house. It's like a three bedroom house. It, everything's on the river. There's a little tiny cabin. There's there's uh, two
0: tiny cabins and then big cabin.
1: There's a big cabin, two <laughs> tiny cabins, and a stable cabin. So
0: it's almost like a compound.
1: And then, so that's the kind, and there's horses there. Um, there's a, a lot of work to do there because you're also irrigating and doing things like that. So it's imperative that you have a caretaker.
0: Well, in that particular property. Yeah. Didn't you buy that like in the heyday of Cheers kind of?
1: No, not really. I bought that, I bought that before Cheers.
0: Well, the first time I ever went there, and I was young. I didn't look for you at this point. I don't know why. Maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me. But I felt like the first time I went there, that was the first time I met John Travolta. And Tom Cruise was there. He was married to Mimi Rogers at the time. And I felt like it was like you guys went to this weird remote place to get away from...
1: That's sort of how it started, but it was before Cheers. It was before, because I bought that place. I didn't start doing Cheers till, I think, 1986 or 7. Right. And I bought this place, I think, in 1983. And at that time, I had just been doing movies or things like that. So I had bought a house in Encino, And then I was filming a movie. I was going to film a movie in Canada. And I, uh, let's see, I was going to film a movie in Canada and I drove through Oregon. Okay. And I stayed in an Airbnb. Well, it wasn't called Airbnb there, it was called a bed and breakfast. Anyway, I stayed in a bed and breakfast. And I was like, oh, man, I'd love to buy a place here. I just made a note. I'd love to have a place here. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it is pretty. So anyway, I go do the movie and then cut to my cousin was uh, a parachute guy. And I don't think that's what they're called, parachutist or whatever they're called. Anyway, he came to visit me in Los Angeles. And he had been in Oregon firefighting, jumping out of parachutes, firefighting. And I said, wow, when I filmed this movie, I, I found this area. I just love this place. I would love to have. And I sort of described what I'd love. I'd love to have horses. I'd love to have trees. I'd love to have blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he said, I know that place. It's for sale right now. And I was like, what? So being the jet-setty kind of girl I was at the time, I flew out the next day yeah. and I looked at this place and it was everything I had dreamed of. You know, everything's in the river, these it beautiful is cool. cabins, you can es- you can escape with your whole family. You know, I'm always looking for compounds where you can have your extended family come for holidays and blah, blah, blah. So it was perfect. Yeah. And so I bought it. And at the time, it had caretakers already there. And it was a man and woman, and they're pretty old. Mm-hmm. And... um because I bought it from a person who's pretty old, probably about my age now. <laughs> no, she was older, <laughs> but I bought it from... Anyway, so the caretakers that were there uh, you know, said when it sold, they were going to retire and go somewhere else. Yeah. So the first caretaker we hired, I actually loved, and he was great. He wasn't insane. He was pretty awesome. His name was Sam. And he had worked in the silver mines in Colorado. Okay. So he was used to being remote, right? So, Because yeah. c- when you're in a place like this, you have to have people, you either have a couple and one has a different job and they drive into town. Yeah. Or you have someone like Sam who wants to be remote. And he did. He was, he was a bit because of a there's reckless. there's nothing around. Like, no, there's nothing. You, you have
0: to drive, what, 20 minutes to get around anything? Yes.
1: Yeah. You do. And it's going down a mountain, blah, 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 you know, but so Sam, I remember interviewing him because he said, you know, I've worked this solitary life kind of, you know, like I've worked underground most of my life. I worked in silver mines. Yeah. And so to be out, oh, there's another place on this property, which was like the caretakers at that time. It was a really great cabin right on the river. Pretty blah, blah, blah. So he said i would just love to be out like this i've worked with horses i've worked you know land and stuff like that so anyway i had him and he was great
0: what happened to him
1: well he worked for me for us for a long time and then his dream was to go to um he wanted to live on the coast the oregon coast and do woodworking stuff okay so You know, he was a guy that did such a great job, except there was one story about him that worried me, which was it inspired a movie that I was going to do. And maybe I still will do. But he drove this sort of weird colored dark green Mm F-150. And in the back window of the F-150 was a picture of a trout. And it said like, (laughs) going fishing or something like that, right? Okay. Okay. So that's all fine. But then I was watching, what is that? Okay, what what was the show, Most Wanted? Was that a long time ago? or America's Most Wanted? Yeah, was it America's Most Wanted? That's got, uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. That it started. Uh-huh. Okay, so. is that with Robert Stack?
0: Yes. Was <laughs> it? He was the host. Robert America? Stack. Okay,
1: okay. I thought it was Oh, no, hold on a second. Adam. No,
0: that was, that. Robert Stack wasn't America's Most Wanted. No, no, no. but
1: he his son was Adam, and he'd been... I've talked to this guy. I can't believe it. I can't remember his name. This is ridiculous. But anyway, so it was one of these few times that I was there uh, alone because I'm afraid to stay alone. I'm afraid of the dark. And John I'm... Walsh. John Walsh. I think it was okay. when John. Okay, John Walsh. So I'm sitting there watching America's Most Wanted, and one of the most wanted was a guy who drives a green F-150 with a trout picture. <laughs> Oh my God. You're like, oh, my God, it's Sam. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. A tr- who has a green F-150 with a trout in the back except, oh, my God. And now the caretaker, this property is huge. Like I said, it's like 400 acres. And it's almost like a quarter of a mile down to where the caretaker's place is. Right. So, oh, my God. I was freaking out of my mind. And, and then I hear a knock on the door. And I'm like, oh, my God. And he goes, it's just me, Sam. And I'm like, it's you, Sam. Sam, you're a murderer! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, get, I get, you gotta come back tomorrow, Sam. You gotta come back tomorrow. <laughs> oh, so then I had Sam. I had it hired.
0: Oh, I did an a, a investigator,
1: pri- <laughs> investigator, a private investigator, <laughs> and I said, "I gotta know now. I, I got it." But,
0: but wouldn't the wouldn't the more normal approach be like? Okay, I'm having thoughts that Sam's this murderer. I'm just going to let him go instead of no. going through all the trouble. Well, what if I private? let him go and
1: he wasn't the murderer? <laughs> but also, I wasn't, I, I couldn't, I was freaking out of my mind. I thought, I'm hiring a private investigator right away. I've got to find out if there's a license plate or a this or that, blah, blah. <laughs> you, and meanwhile, uh, Sam would go, well, we need to go over this horse situation. I go, Sam, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I was terrified, terrified at night. So I had a friend come. Is that the time?
0: Who came? I was thinking
1: who it was at the time. Probably one of my assistants or something came. But I was like, you know,
0: Sam's gonna kill us if I I've go I've got my, down, my guns, my shotgun. In. My
1: shotgun's always loaded, just so everyone knows. <laughs> like, my shotgun's loaded under my bed. My, I thought, you know, this is better than. Or you know, maybe it was Lisa, or one of my friends, whoever it was, somebody came to be with me while I was having him investigated. <laughs> and I just thought, this is impossible because who, how can there be more than one dark green, beat up <laughs> F 150 with, a, with trout. a trout in the window? <laughs> but after, you know, I had the, inv- it, there are more than, he checked were, out. He checked out. <laughs> and even then i was like what oh, you don't know he checked out how did you then i'm like interrogating the interrogator and the i in- am investigating the investigator but it was like uh, you know when you're out there in the woods because in the best of times if someone's holding you hostage or you're dying right you no one's going to get there even if they're you know johnny on the spot for like no. 40 minutes no so you're shot you're dead you're raped you're murdered yeah, There's a lot something. can happen. Yeah, a lot can happen. So, <laughs> anyway, he was—he stayed there as the caretaker. Um,
0: Did he ever know that you checked him out? I hope not, mm-hmm. because that was the
1: other thing. I thought if he finds out about this, and it is, he's, he's, he's gonna kill, kill you. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna kill. And I couldn't say. That, I couldn't tell anyone.
0: So you were like Sam. I was watching America's Most Wanted. Yeah, you- are you the guy? And you have the F-150 with the trout.
1: So cough it up. Are you the guy? Are you the murderer? Because I know that it's pretty normal to just come clean. There's a reward here. (laughs) Yes.
0: I mean, I do have to say your house, that particular place in Oregon, has the track record of your caretakers there is definitely the most interesting.
1: Oh, my God. How about, okay, so (laughs) I'm trying to think of who was right on. Oh, here's what happened. After Sam, I had my friends Scott and Lisa there from they live in Connecticut. Yeah. But we went there and I knew that I had to find a new caretaker. So my my job was to go find a caretaker, replace Sam, right? And he'd been great. I think Sam had been there fifteen years or something. Okay. So he was great, other than his murderers. But fine. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh I interviewed people and I interviewed this one guy. I'm gonna call him Doug instead of his real name in case he's still stalking the place. But he was like a mountain man. He had a beard, he had, you know. And what I had done was I hi- I wanted this path built along the river so you could actually walk along the river, right? Okay. So I hired him. and, and I Oh, I went there with my caretaker. Wasn't Sean just my caretaker in L.A.? Yeah.
0: Yes, he was your caretaker in L.A. Okay,
1: Sean, young guy, 24, funny uh, well. He worked at F.A.O. Schwartz, but was also an actor.
0: Yeah, but he was like a starving actor. You're quintessential yeah. starving actor.
1: Yes, he was. Cute, funny. So Sean went with me, and then my friends from Connecticut showed up. All right, so I had hired this guy, Doug, to do the... Um, path. Path. So... He seemed like he was, you know, he was strong, like an ox, and he was carrying all these timbers because I wanted him to outline it with timber rails and stuff like that. So he's carrying all these timbers. He was strong. He was chopping down dead trees. He was, wow. And I said, and then can you do this or that? And he could do everything. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. said, But I did say to my friend Lisa and Sean, my friend Lisa and Scott were there, and I said, Lisa, I just feel like something's weird about him. He's just weird. He's, you know, every time I'm talking to him, he acts like he's not that he's shy, he just acts like. There's something weird and mysterious about him. I just can't put my finger on it. And Lisa said what she always used to say to me. "Oh, can I You don't realize. You're an actor and you're famous, so it's inhibiting to people.
0: Which it is. I say that to you, too.
1: I know. And I just want to like, punch your lights out every time anybody says it. I know,
0: but I, I can see. It, it's easy to see on the outside someone who's feeling nervous around you or right. whatever. They act weird.
1: Right. And she said, he's nervous. He's never met an actor he's you know that's all i go no but there's also something weird no you always think people are weird Kirsty. they're not weird they're just nervous around you and i'm like okay but there just seems like something and then i thought so i just kept watching him work and he seemed really good and i said sean what do you think about him and he said you know he just seems like a reclusive kind of mountain guy he seems so he seems okay he seems like a hard worker he's good at what he does yeah and I'm like, yeah. And then Lisa and Scott left. And Lisa said, you know, just give people a chance, Kirstie. Give him a chance. Right. And I know she's right. I not to give him a chance. <laughs> so anyway. Now I've talked to him about, pos- you know, because I've already interviewed him about being the caretaker. And I said, um, I think this is going to work. Let me just think on it like a day or so. I also had my kids there. I just remembered that. I had my kids there. So th- that's why Sean was there, too, because in case... I had to go into town or something. He was with the kids. They weren't like little teeny kids, but. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I went into town with my kids and I. And took Sean. And Sean. Because we all were talking about building another log cabin somewhere. Okay. On the property. So we went in town to look at like prefabbed log cabin kind of things. We left Doug at the house to work. Mm hmm. And he was still building the trail. Yeah. So I came back and he said, ma'am, may I talk to you? And I said, well, of course you can. And he goes, I want to know what you're going to do about this. And I said, well, do about what? And he goes, Sean, while you're gone, spit on me. <laughs> and he looked down at me. He, I could tell he's been looking down on, at me. Like, I'm not, I'm not nothing. Like, I'm worthless. And he's he looks down his nose at me. And when you're gone, he spit on me. And then he took this big, like, timber, and he broke my windshield. And I was, like, because horrified. And I thought, I'm going to die now because he's going to kill me. Because this was so insane. Remember, Sean went down with me. Right. So I said, Doug... I am so upset right now at Sean that I don't know what to do. And he said, well, you need to fire him, first of all. If you're going to have me as your caretaker, you need to fire him. And uh, and you need to do something about this windshield. And I said, you are totally 100% right. Give me five minutes. So I ran in the the house, and I got my kids in my bedroom, and I took Sean in there. I go, Sean, I know you didn't do it just now because you were with me in town, but did you ever spit on Doug? <laughs> and he said, What? I go, He said, You look down on him, and when you're standing on the porch, you spit on him a couple of times just to like degrade him. And then he said that you cracked his windshield. And Sean goes, Kirstie, I was with you. I go, I know, but did you do it before that or any Is this possible? <laughs> and he goes, God, no, I didn't. are you crazy? So I go, all right, so we have to figure this out. So, and remember, Sam is still the caretaker, thank God. Okay. And he was at the other end of the, because he's at the other end of the property in the cabin where he lives. Yeah. And I called Sam and I said, Sam, I'm going to say something to Doug. I said, Doug, this is not the job for you. This is not the group for you. I said, this is so crazy, and I can understand how insane this must seem to you. But I, I'm i going to fire Sean. Yeah. I'm leaving now. How much do I owe you for your work? He said, we well, you owe me $800. I said, okay, good. How much do you think that windshield's worth, Doug? He said, that's a $400 windshield. I said, okay. So I'm going to give you $500 right now for that windshield and the work that you've done here, and then let's just leave on good terms because I said, you know what, I think this whole place has just gone mad. Yeah. And I, Sam's just going to stay on here. I just, you know, I thank you for your your help. And then I called Sam and I said, Sam, I'm leaving now. You need to come and guard the place. So I grabbed the kids and I grabbed Sean, and we left. Yeah. And then went down and told Sam this whole story about Sean breaking his windshield, all this crazy ass shit, and then. Doug left the property but then I hired security so I had Sam at one end of the property and I hired security at the other end and this is just a dumpster I mean I'm just saying these things as they happen but yeah the security guard <laughs> would fall asleep and a mountain lion so I called the sheriff the security guard wasn't working out because he kept falling asleep yeah so then the sheriff said he would he would spend he would take one night and spend the The night at the end of this road so that he could see anybody that came in or out. And a uh, mountain lion slept, got on the hood of his car, of the sheriff, (laughs) and just laid there for hours. It just gets weirder, right? (laughs) So anyway, when the kids and I and Sean were leaving...
0: Uh
1: We happened to pass this property and there was this guy out there and he was working the property and the property was beautiful. It was perfect. And I stopped and I said, Do you know of any people who would make great caretakers? I sort of filled him in on the crazy thing that had happened and said, Do you know any people that would make great caretakers? He goes, I think that's something I could do with my wife. I said, We have our own property, but we're, you know, an eighth of a mile away from you. Yeah. We could. Maybe we could work something out where we don't live there, but we're there all day long. Yeah, and you know, and you know, and looking after it at night or something that way. So I was like, "Oh, wow, this could be great." So I interviewed them. We went up to their house, and I interviewed them while the kids played with their animals. And they had llamas, and they had all these kind of. It was fun. Yeah, I see. They seemed like nice people. They had their own property. It was really beautiful. So. I took them on as the caretaker, <laughs> oh, mm. and it was going pretty well. It was going well, uh-huh. and then one time, I showed up like unannounced, sort of, and I went to their house to ask them something. And my rugs from my house were in their house. <sighs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: Did you pretend you didn't see them? Or were you like, no, I went, my rug?
1: Uh, you no, know, at first I said, oh my God, this is so weird. You have the exact same kind of rugs as I have. <laughs> because at first I just thought, I, I wasn't thinking that they would take my rugs out of my house. I just thought, this is so weird. Because they were needlepoint and they were sort of, you know, unusual. Right. And she goes, the wife said, no, no, no. We, they're your rugs. We just brought them down here for safekeeping. And in my head I'm like, you put them down here for safekeeping and, and you're using them in your kitchen and in your dining room? How is that safe anyway? Then it just remember, you weren't around with those guys, uh, but it just kept, it It escalated and it got crazier and then she told me that, you know, that, remember we've talked about this before, it seemed to always have, she spent the, you know, now keep in mind on this property there's two or three cabins, there's, even in the main house, there's three bedrooms. Yeah, But she... You know, she said, you know, sometimes, you know, if there's a storm or something, or if I just get down there at your house and inspecting things and I get tired, I just sleep in your bed.
0: (laughs) Totally normal.
1: (laughs) And then what do you
0: respond with?
1: I go, I don't understand. what, What do you mean? I said, if you were down there and you got tired, which makes no sense. They live an eighth of a mile. I go, if you were down there. Why wouldn't you just stay in one of the guest rooms? Oh, your room is a lot nicer and it just feels cozy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and, and we've talked about this before. I have, there's a problem when you, when you're, I guess, a famous person or an actor or something and you hire people, a lot of times they'll start acting like you.
0: Right. Right? Yeah.
1: And they will I think that's what happened with a person who embezzled a lot of money from me. But they'll start thinking, you know, if she's has this, then I need to have this. If she's got needlepoint rugs, well, I need needlepoint yeah. rugs. <laughs> right. If she's got a nice cozy bed, it's like like a demented Goldilocks, yeah. then I'm going to just stay <laughs> in her bed. Yeah. What, it doesn't even make
0: any sense. Well, I do. I wasn't there for yet, but I do know that... Post her, there was other bed stairs. There
1: were, but the first one. You were there early on with Sam, who was the great one. Yes. Then there were there were I I can't even remember the exact order, but I do remember. Yeah. Then I hired a person Mm -hmm. to be the caretaker who I knew very well, and in Oregon at that time. In Oregon at that time, if you were busted growing pot, how how different things are now this federal government could seize your property without even going to trial if they found pot marijuana on your property being grown they could seize your property i also at the time was the spokesperson the international spokesperson (laughs) for narconon (laughs) which is a drug rehab place and you know a worldwide drug rehab and so this person when he was going to be the caretaker, a friend that I'd known for a long time I said now you know you can't grow weed here and you need to, and more importantly I said you got to watch out because people in Oregon will encroach on other people's property to hunt and they'll also encroach on your property and and grow weed right I said so we can't have that we can't accidentally have my property seized
0: Well and you also said because I remember when I first started, you were the international spokesman for, for Narcanon, so yeah you're like no person can do drugs right because then it it would be like i news. could I,
1: it, well it would lose i would lose my positioning and it would make big headlines in a bad way it would just be right. horrible for the, the narconon <laughs> it would be horrible but their spokesperson, you <laughs> it's busted good and their land is seized because there is weed uh, all over it. <laughs> so I made this real clear. And I said, you can't do drugs here. You can't have people who are doing drugs. You can't, you know. And this person isn't stupid. They know my history and they know mm-hmm. that, you know, this can't happen. So. Cut to. Cut to. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, cut to what was happening there. Oh, oh, also at the time, my farm truck that would be left with the caretaker at this time, you know, because Sam <laughs> took the killer. <laughs> the trout. The trout. killer trout truck. This was, uh, I, was a dually, sort of a champagne-colored dually, big truck. Mm-hmm. But at that time, you didn't see very many duallys, and it was champagne-colored, so it sort of stuck out, right? Mm-hmm. So, it was sort of like, oh, we know that that truck belongs to this kirsty's kirsty's ranch yeah kind of a deal so anyway so i show up and i find out that i mean i'm cutting to the chase here just because it's all too painful but uh, oh i know what i showed up for this person's uh this friend of mine's girlfriend had moved in there with her kids
0: mm-hmm.
1: with the person you know they have their own separate house yeah but uh and the rule is, you live in your house, you don't live in my house, blah, 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 blah. So this girl had gotten really what I thought drunk and had gotten in a bad accident and died. Oh. She went off a bridge and died. So now I'm freaking out like, oh my God, my great friend is here with these two kids. What's going to happen? Yeah. At one time, I took the two kids for a while. Um, but anyway, so I found out that they weren't growing weed there, but they were selling crack. (laughs) (laughs) They were selling crack, and uh, I think that's, you know, when she died, I think she was drunk and cracked out. Okay. But, and is crack meth? I don't know. I think it was crack. So they were selling crack, and they were making runs selling crack in the Dooley. So they were now known in the territory for being the crack dealers in my Dooley. So and then I found out that they had slept in the- <laughs> a lot in your bed in my bed.
0: So when And you- having
1: sex in my bed, on like the living room floor, and like just different basically living in my house, yeah. right? Yeah. And this was a most trusted person, right? Yeah. Anyway, so I don't even know what happened. They So then they didn't have a car, and I, I bought the trusted person a car, and then I sent the person to Narcanon and the person's <laughs> agreement was they were going to pay me back for the truck, which they never did. And it just, you know, and then we, they're not the funny, he wasn't, this wasn't the funniest caretaker.
0: No, well, it's sort of funny that he was selling crack out of your- here.
1: <laughs> it's sort of, I mean, it's sort of funny, but how about when we were in Los Angeles and we hired. I was out of town, but we needed a new caretaker there, so we hired the team of girls that were like 24, right? Mm-hmm. Sisters.
0: There was two sisters.
1: Two sisters, and, and I one like. One
0: called you Kirstie Alley.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: She'd be like, Kirstie. She would walk in the kitchen. It was fascinating. She'd be like, Kirstie Alley, so I let the dogs out. <laughs> <laughs> like she thought that was I, your
1: middle name or your no, – That's what like that's, three-year-olds do with She was
0: like, Kirstie Alley, so I let the dogs out a few <laughs> minutes ago. And, you know, I think they're all taken care of. And then, Kirstie Alley, I locked the door downstairs – and I remember, because they were new, and I was there then. And I was like, what is she do- why is she calling you Kirsty Alley? This is the weirdest. <laughs> oh, they were young. T- She's like, Kirsty Alley. <laughs> yeah, They were
1: young, and I thought, I'm
0: going to give the... You know,
1: because Sean was successful. Sean was my caretaker for a long time in Los Angeles. You know, the one that spit on things and broke windshields. And then he moved into his own place, and he started getting ha- acting jobs and making money and stuff.
0: Well, and there's... Through my working for you experience of hiring caretakers going through caretaker you know I always ask the question now because I know caretaker world is specific yeah. why do you want to be a caretaker like there has to be a goal it has to yep. be like because I want to save money to buy a house if someone has a goal then they're more likely to be a better Fit.
1: Right, they can't just be someone who doesn't have any place to go and is a loser and is homeless because they're a drug addict or they're a drunk or there's something like it. it you,
0: so I remember yeah. when we when you hired the young girls, we were right. like, okay, because they probably don't have enough money to pay rent in LA, like the, they will maybe want to do this for a couple years to save up
1: Yeah, their goal was to get enough money to pay down payments and be able to afford that so that sounded good to me Yeah They also seemed like nice, nice girls, I yeah. liked that they were sisters Yeah it seemed like that was going to go well. And then cut to True, my son, who was, I think he was about 10 at the time. Yeah, I think he was about 10. They had, um, while I was gone, they'd made pot brownies and they were offering him to True. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Which I, w- I remember. Because telling.
1: True called me and goes, oh, yeah, you know the, you know the caretaker girls? Yeah, well, um, they were just wanting to know if I would like to have some pot brownies. And I was like, oh, they don't either. And he goes,
0: no, they do. <laughs> no, he did. So I remember coming and to I work go- the next morning, and Kirstie <laughs> was like. Kirstie Alley. She was like, go tell the gir- those, to I want the pot brown Bring up the pot brownies. So I was yeah. like, so And I said,
1: did you try them, true? He goes, no, I don't do drugs. I said, okay. Bring up the pot brownies so I can make sure you're telling the truth. They did. I don't do drugs. Nobody in my house did drugs except, of course, the caretakers. So they brought up the pot brownies and I said, you offered pot brownies to like a 10-year-old or 11-year-old? Yeah, we just thought it would be fun. I go, here's what you need to do. You need to pack your shit right now and get out. Christy Alley, you mean, like, (laughs) wait, Christy Alley, you mean, like, we don't have any place to go. I said, not my problem. Yeah. Not my problem. I made it real clear that there were no drugs in this house. There were, you know, you made it real clear to me when I asked you, do you do drugs? And you said, no. Well, Christy Alley, pot's not really a drug. I'm like, get your shit, get out. Bye. And then I remember... I kept the pot brownies somewhere up in a high cabinet. No, they
0: were on top of the ice. They were on an upper shelf of the above the ice machine. Right, because but they were there for a good 6 months. No,
1: but here's my strategy. <laughs> because I've had people who've worked for me like crazy ass Doug who are going to claim weird stuff. So they could have claimed all sorts of stuff and I was like, "No, if they if she's if they sue me or do something like this, I'm going to go This is what happened. Here are my witnesses. Here are the pot brownies. (laughs) Nobody else in my house cared about drugs. You know, it's just like, no. But the pot brownie girls. And then there was the girl. Then I had a caretaker who was pretty good. He was, you know, 28, 29. And uh, he was pretty good. He wasn't great responsibility or anything like that. But he was okay, you know. And then he had his uh, girlfriend move in. This is in L.A. Remember, he had his girlfriend move in. Is that okay? And I went like, yeah. I said, is she like a booty call or is she like your girlfriend? No, no, no. We're in love with each other. I've been dating her for a long time. And I said, "Okay," because the last thing you want is a caretaker who's just got revolving door booty calls in your house. Because in L.A., it's literally in my house.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I said, well, okay, yeah, that's fine. She can be there if she's like a real serious deal for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So cut two. she sleeps with my son.
0: Right, I remember that. Oh, yeah.
1: my God. Yeah.
0: No, and, I I, rem- and for I rem- him, he's probably like, yes! No, and I, rem- <laughs> I remember him telling me. I was like...
1: Who, True just, told you True. that? True. How old was he?
0: 16, 17?
1: He was probably like, hallelujah. He was fresh, he
0: was fresh <laughs> out of, like, losing virginity age. And I was like, <laughs> you say what? Like,
1: he was like, yeah, listen to this. And she's like 28 or something. I said, whoa, wait, back (laughs) it up, back it up. And he goes, no, yeah. I mean, this is like a 17-year-old's dream where the girl, (laughs) because the guy had then broken up with the girl. So the girl stayed, that's how that happened. The girl stayed on as a caretaker because the guy broke up with the girl. So he stayed, she stayed on as a caretaker and And was helping herself to my son. <laughs> and it, and you know if you're seventeen, you got some twenty eight year old she was sort of she was pretty, she was pretty, and she was wasn't stupid or something like that. but then she's first of all, that's illegal. You yes. don't get to sleep with seventeen year olds
0: no, but I re- unless either, you're eighteen and I can't or something remember how I found out, but I didn't know you knew at the time, and I was like, either true told me I had sex with the caretaker or Lily told me true had sex with the caretaker, I know. and I was like. Okay, and then I called. Him. I go, "Did you have sex with a caretaker?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's like, yes. yes, and he goes, "Mom, don't make a big deal of it." Yeah, I go, "Oh re- yeah, I'm not going to make a big deal <laughs> yeah. of it." So I'm like, "Get the fuck out of my fucking house before I call." Because first of all, this is illegal. Second of all, you're here to caretake, not. Have sex with my freaking son, you idiot! (laughs) So now that caretaker's fired. Like in, there's caretakers that I, if I fired a caretaker, it was usually like, you're out.
0: Yeah, out fast.
1: You're out fast. The one, okay, this is the one that I. So anyway, that one was out fast. I mean, I have crazier ones. I mean, I have one. Remember the person that was being my caretaker, and her spouse. She was separated from her spouse, and he was into geriatric porn. Oh, yeah, not going to say the name yeah i forgot about that one so this girl this person who's who went to school with my son and my daughter went to school and they didn't have any place to go because i don't know they'd fallen on hard times or whatever every time my kids make fun of all my hard time yeah, stories because they're always times. freaks yeah so anyway she moves in with her great kid who was really great and mm-hmm. then there was a younger kid and she, she goes you could just be this caretaker for you know until you get settled yeah so that that was gonna work out good and then she was like crying and she goes you know the thing is you know my husband's into geriatric porn and i I remember
0: we. I remember I was like geriatric porn what do you mean (laughs) I don't even know
1: like she just came right out and said that?
0: No, it was, she was crying. She, she was, was in crying, hard time. She was hard time. And, and she, she was, and I think it was more like, what happened? What's going on? Well, he's into geriatric porn. And I was like, okay, we're
1: sitting there going, there's just certain things I didn't know about, you know? And this was long enough ago. This wasn't like internet stuff, right? No. No. This was long enough ago. I was like, okay, what is that? Well, he just loves watching people have sex and he loves having sex with people that are like 80. And I'm like, what? what? I mean, have you ever heard of this? No. No. And and this guy <laughs> was cute. He was. Uh, he was handsome. He was handsome. He was. He seemed like he was a good dad. He seemed like he might have some possibilities for the woman who was crazy as shit but you know she drove every guy around her off but you know she was sort of the, at the time it was just somebody i was always taking people in who were had fallen on hard times <laughs> and they learned that they've fallen on their heads that's why they've fallen on hard times no but anyway so her she's like i just can't and i go wait a minute what you mean he's just and he's joined a group where you have sex with 80 year olds and what I know. Come on. I didn't, I just haven't been privy <laughs> to this.
0: Oh my God.
1: I, I was never made privy to this sector. So, and then this turned out to be, they stayed a really long time, couldn't get them out. And then she would say things to me like, are you actually kicking me out of your house? Yeah. And is- finally I said, yeah, I actually am because I actually can't take this anymore. Yeah. And that, lot. but they didn't they live there like six months. Yeah. Um, At least. I think. And the plan was they were gonna live there like two months or up a month or something. But so that was that caretaker. Who are the other ones? We've had crazier, haven't we? The
0: drunk lady.
1: (laughs) I know you got I don't know the drunk lady. Okay, so
0: Kirsty Orient me. Okay. So in your house in LA specifically, yeah. Because that's where we lived. Right. Under every sink is a b- bottle of vodka because you clean with it. Oh yes, it's cheap vodka, like viaca right. or every, something. Most
1: people that know much about me is I clean with vodka. That you buy it by the gallon and it's the cheapest thing. It's in a the world. handle
0: of vodka though. Yeah. So they're all over her house Because
1: a- <laughs> that's what I used to clean bathrooms and everything yes. with at the time. Now I just use other isopropyl because then people won't drink it. Go ahead.
0: So there was a she was short lived because she was drinking the vodka. I know she, but so we I mean, were su- no, we were suspect know. because you traveled a lot. So we, right. you know, I was assistant. Kirsten, another assistant. We have Sarah, the accountant. Like there's a there's a group of us that work right. there daily. Right. I'm like, and we were on to it. We're, we're like, is there something weird about this girl? Like, what's happening with this girl? Well, because also the vodka would last for.
1: Ever. Ever, you know, you're talking about a gallon of vodka, and you're just—we would put it on spray bottles and clean toilets and sinks and things like that. So it would last forever. But you were
0: like one of the girls, one of the regular girls were housekeepers. Hi, hi, said. Yes, it, but the housekeeper was like, "Some the vodka's missing," <laughs> and so we were like, "Well, what do you? Okay." So we were all kind of like suspect a little bit. Except for the girl that hired her, because she was like, "No, she's great. She's great." Like <laughs> blah blah blah. Well, it turns out, because we all leave at night, she stay. the caretaker position. You live there, you stay, you take care of the animals right. at night, whatever. And one afternoon, like she kept getting slurry, and we were like, "Is she drunk? Like, what is happening with her?" <laughs> right. She in turn, cut to this. She was drinking all the vodka.
1: She was drinking massive amount, and she also left the cage door open for my kinkajou. My kinkajou Katie that I'd had for years. And then she totally denied it, but she would be the only, because she was feeding the kinkajou at night. Right. And she was the only person that would have done it. She was drunk. She also told people in my house that, um, sh- that I was paying her slave wages. <laughs> I was paying her, like, double minimum or triple minimum wage it had been someone that i had also given years and years and years of work to years and years of stand-in work too and then she went through when i wasn't there and when the accountant when the bookkeeper wasn't there she went through all the books and saw what everyone was paid and whatever and just caused havoc yeah and that was the end of her as anything in my life. That was like, you know, when you've hired a friend who's fallen on hard times, I've learned not to do this. <laughs> oh, my God. I really, I, you don't want to be the person that that can't help people that fall fell on hard times. But I remember one time I was taking the kids to school and um, it, there was an intersection down by, you know, Franklin and whatever that street is, but there was an, uh, uh, these people were whizzing by this man that was standing in the middle of the street.
0: Oh yeah, I would think I was with you. Andre? Andre, yeah.
1: And clearly he was- He was on major He was drips. probably like on, you know, like- Crack or something crazy. No, but even worse, what was the stuff that makes you really crazy, crazy? You don't even hear about it very much anymore. Um I don't know,
0: but he was on he PCP? Was,
1: yes. Yeah. Like PCP. He was crazy. And people were people were less respectful and less concerned about hitting this guy than if he'd been a dog in the middle of the street. Right. So I was on my way to take the kids to school. So I pulled up beside him and he said and it was, you know, he was by my driver's window, and he goes, Let me get in your car. I said, No. I don't think you were with me, because I said no. And he said, well, I just want to get in your car. I go, I'm going to help you, but I have my kids your my car, and you're not getting near my kids. Yeah. Take a hold of the side of my window. So he took a hold of the side of my window, and I went like uh, the slowest you could possibly go in a car. Yeah. The very slowest you could go. And I took him a block down or two blocks down. He walked. Kept going, I need to get in your car because I go, no, my children in my car. You're not getting in my car. And he goes, I won't hurt him. I go, I don't care what you're doing. You're walking with me. Yeah. Just keep walking. So he kept walking for two <laughs> blocks. I like, turned the corner. I think he's going to get run over. I think I'm going to get rear-ended. I'm. You know, my kids are, you got to help him, mom. You got to help him. Told me his name was Andre. So I go, Andre, just keep walking with me. Finally, we get to the bus station, the bus stop. Yeah. And I said... Andre, and I wrote something down, and I said, Andre, here's $10 for the bus and lunch, (laughs) and here is my card, and if you ever want help to get off drugs, here's my card, and you call me, and I'll help you get off drugs. I'll send you to a place called Narcanon. So, you know, Andre gets on the bus, like, crazed out of his frickin' mind, and I know I'll never hear from Andre again. But he called. You put him in Narcanon. He called, like, four months later. (laughs) I (laughs) don't remember Hello, hi, this is Andre. <laughs> and my kids were talking about Andre forever. Yeah. Because they're going, oh, yeah, know, mo- Andre wanted to get in the car. And they were little. Yeah. And Andre wanted to get in the car. And my mom said, no, you just hang on to that thing. And Andre, you just keep walking. And she was really brave. And we kept sa- I kept saying, you know, yeah, mom, we want you to help Andre. So Andre was a big celebrity in our house. So <laughs> four months later, Andre called and said, I'd like to take you up on that. So I get Andre into Narconon. It's a fiasco. Every person that I paid for to get Andre, not to get someone into drug rehab, was a freaking fiasco. He did great in the beginning, and then he did horrible, because he was like a hardcore drug addict for probably... Andre was probably 65, and he'd probably been doing drugs his whole life. Yeah. So, and then he was telling people that he was going to sue him, and that he was, you know, and... They made him a drug addict. He was also insane. You know, after a certain amount of drugs that people do, they're insane.
0: Yes, I know. Yes. Because (laughs) have I ever told you? Okay. So here's a good drug addict story. Let's hear it. We're driving down Kellogg here in town, and we see a dog uh, running on the overpass. We're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. We stop, we get the dog in the car that's part pit bull, by the way, not the most friendly dog. (laughs) And we're like, okay, we, and I think that he had a collar on, right? Yeah. He had a collar. So we're like, okay, we got to find this dog's home. But Kirstie was also apprehensive because she was like, I mean, maybe we find his home, but because if they aren't taking good care of him, we're not going to take him back, whatever. We go searching through the neighborhood's around there, and somebody says, oh, yeah, I know that dog. Here's the owner's name. Carrie. Carrie, we'll call her. So we find Carrie's address on not a good part of town, and (laughs) I'll never go up to the door. I'm like, go up to the No! I'm not (laughs) going up to the door? No way.
1: But remember also the guy said to me, no, remember the guy who recognized the dog? Said, "Oh, that's Carrie's dog, and Carrie's in rehab." Yes, remember. And we said, "Well, like for what?" Well, for crack. And so, so he said, "This person down the street is taking care of the dog."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. we
1: get a hold of that person, and they go, "Well, he got out."
0: Yeah, they didn't care.
1: And we go like, he got out, and you don't put up signs or anything? No, he got out. He ran away. We don't know where he is. Yeah. We didn't want to take care of him anyway. Carry on.
0: We track Carrie's rehab down. We go there. We go to rehab. <laughs> with dog. And Carrie's in rehab. She's crying. The dog was happy to see her. It was like this. So, Kirsty gets the idea. You know, But you
1: we... got to see that Carrie, Carrie was a hard core crackhead that was like 60 years old that had been cracked out of her mind <laughs> yes. so
0: kirstie goes kelly we're gonna it was around christmas time we're gonna help her we're gonna do something nice so she kirstie rents a rents a house well the dog we
1: kept the dog until she Whereas we was gonna be out well. of
0: rehab we rent a house we have people, because it was around Christmas time, we have painters that we use going, yeah, I'll donate. I'll paint the house for free. I'll build the fence for free for the dog. We got her all new clothes. <laughs> like Furniture. And so w- the whole idea was when she gets out of rehab, we're going to do this big reveal. Here's your house. Here's your new <laughs> wardrobe. And it was your, all mostly
1: for the dog, I here's have to say, sadly. your dog
0: back. Cut to, but we're going to drug test you once a week. Yeah, but oh wait, let's get back God. up one second. We, I <laughs> you had now, you? Yeah, I had
1: now spent about, well, I rented the house for six months. I had spent probably five grand to furnish it. And, um, and, you know, we, we made it perfect for her. She was in the rehab this amount of time. So I, pres- we say, this is your house. Cause we really wanted the dog to have a good place too. Cause we sort of fell in love with the dog and this is your house. And the first thing out of her mouth was, do I have a cell phone?
0: No. Yes.
1: No. The first thing, do I have a cell phone? And I was like, "Um, no, we have a house phone here. We've paid for this and we've gotten this. And this house was darling. It was darling. Anyway, she goes, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I said, now, look, before she left the rehab, I had her sign an agreement. I said, this house is yours. As long as you drug test every week and you tre- test clean, mm-hmm. because I'm not going to spend this money and do this and help you anymore. If you no no no, and I said and the other thing is you need to get a job. Yeah, I'll help you get a job, but you need to get a job. So in the beginning it was looking pretty good. It was remember she got a job at the hospital like not like maybe in the um, like catering part of the hospital yeah, or something yeah, food yeah, part. Yeah, food part, and then it was like. I can't work like this. I can't this. And then it slowly just evolved. Like she has her first blood test that's dirty. And I.
0: Kirstie would send me out. She'd be like, you need to go visit (laughs) Carrie.
1: You need to go visit Carrie. "Uh,
0: Carrie was scary a little bit. (laughs) Scary Carrie. (laughs) And I'd be like, okay. So I would But she's like like Andre.
1: She was like a crackhead from way back. So I
0: would say, okay, I'm coming out. Let's meet in the park on you know and I would try to just kind of feel out what
1: she But you were driving her to the the urine or tests. I
0: would yes, I was. Right,
1: and that was good because it was like but it looked like things were working out because she had a test and it was clean. She got a job, then it was good, then she had a test. This went on for about a month. I'm stupid even though I used to do cocaine. I didn't know that people bought pee and did these kind of weird shit with this yeah so anyway and in the thing so she tested dirty one time remember yeah and I she goes I don't know why I don't know this or that so I called the place I go is it possible that she is it possible that this could be something else she's taking and they said no not really it's this and I said okay so I said Sherry I'm gonna give you another chance here And I don't expect you to come clean with me about what you're telling me, but I'm just going to give you another chance and that you need to know that the next time it's it's over Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to keep buying things for you and, you know, keeping your rent and doing these things if you're going to be doing this. So and in the agreement was if she kept doing crack, we got the dog because I was really worried about the kind of people she would be around and the, the life she was living before that. And like I said, the dog was left with people that didn't care. The dog had been missing. They didn't even go look for it. Yeah. So anyway, cut to. So she lives there. She's complaining about her job. And th- then she brings a roommate in, which is also in her contract that she can't do.
0: Yeah. Then the son, I think, moved in too. Her
1: son moved in. The roommate moved in. And then they're, they're all, all crackheads. They're all doing crack at this point. Right. Now they're all crackheads. Now, oh she, my I think God. I gave her three chances with the testing.
0: Did I? You did.
1: Like an idiot, but go but ahead. But
0: then she said, she came up with, which this could or could not be true, but it was too late. She was already having too many drug tests that were dirty, but she was like, I was raped and. Yeah, some sort of like crazy asteroid. And then we
1: confront. I talked to the uh, roommate who we didn't know she had, and the roommate said, "No, she wasn't raped. She just, suck- she just sucks She has sex for crack." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, this world!" Yeah. You know, I thought I was a big drug addict because I did coke every Saturday
0: night. But we got the dog.
1: And not at this time, by the way. A lot earlier. So I said, Sherry, you know what? You have two weeks. You're out. You're out. So find another place. Your roommate, I said to him, you're out now. I don't even care about it. And I said, and we're taking the dog. And she goes, well, I understand. I guess I understand. I mean, she's probably dead now because these guys, I mean, she was already 60. Yeah,
0: she
1: was. And so we ended up, there was a, there was a happy ending to this one, which was that the dog went to these people that were the caretakers. Yeah. The dog, they were at my <laughs> house in <laughs> Wichita. Yeah.
0: And they loved the dog. I mean. Th-
1: Tara and nick who they were really good caretakers they were they were safe and see it goes back to your it goes back to your um question philosophy which is that when you hire a caretaker the best caretakers are young people who want to save up their money to a down payment on a house or something there like has that
0: to be a, i learned there has to be a goal and
1: there has to be a future that they're planning not one that you give them like they go uh, an example was the caretaker we had in Wichita. In the time they were the caretaker, they're young; those guys, mm-hmm. Megan and Alex. I think they saved twenty thousand yeah. dollars. to put down on a house. The caretaker we have right now is saving money to put down on a house. Yeah. But if you just get someone because you feel bad for them, or they've fallen on hard times, if I it's a disaster, I will never the fallen on hard times people. It's a disaster. I might help them in some way, but not living in my house, not being a caretaker.
0: No. It always ends up disastrous.
1: Always. And I will never put another person because I've put about six through rehab that <laughs> does that it is like has this history. I'm sorry, but you if you've got a history of like 20 or 30 years on these drugs, you may make it through a rehab. but or if you're hey. really really criminal, you may make it because I can count. I think on all the people I sent through rehab, and paid for the whole thing like i think one made it long term because again they're not they're there because they have no place else to go sort of
0: well that's the thing it was well when andre and carrie were pretty much homeless people
1: no they were homeless people but i still thought you know i was inspired because here's a woman who's a crackhead carrie for a long time and she's taking good care of this dog that she loves mm-hmm. somehow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then here she is with this dog that we fell in love with too. But he was just destined to be dead because she couldn't, you know, remember we had to go through the veterinarian to find him and it was an old, she hadn't taken him to the vet for years and... Um, but it was her dog, and we went, like, this is her dog. We're going to make her life go right so she can have this dog. And then I learned something, too. You don't necessarily take on someone's entire life because you want them to have a good time with their dog. <laughs> 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 anyway, that's, that's some of the stories about caretakers. I know there's many, many more because I've had them for 40 years. But thanks for tuning in, Kelly. Thank you. Yeah. And, Corey, thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry you couldn't join in too much on the caretaker thing, Corey, because...
0: I don't... The only one I know is the the guy that uh, stole your license plate.
1: Oh, God. Forgot about... Say about that one.
0: That's the only one I remember is when the cops called and he was in Oklahoma with your tag.
1: Yeah, he was my caretaker, who I actually still kind of really like, but he was, I I don't know what the hell he was up to. But what happened was he got so many speeding tickets that he got his license suspended, and then he couldn't drive any cars at all. So he needed to go to (laughs) Oklahoma to uh, meet some girl or do something. So he took the license plate plate off my car, drove there, speeding, got a ticket, and I get a call from the highway patrol. Hi, ma'am, this is a highway patrol calling from
0: uh, (laughs) Oklahoma, Idaho, Oklahoma, and uh, we have
1: a person here who's stolen your license plate and driving your car and says says he knows you. (laughs) (laughs) I said, what's his name? Pete. Oh, yeah, I know Pete. Put Pete on. Oh, then he goes, oh, ma'am, we're taking him to jail. I go, can you just put Pete on a second? And I'm like, Pete, what the what are you doing? (laughs) I'm really sorry, but I didn't think. I go, okay, (laughs) you're so done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I get the highway patrol. I go, no, don't, I know him. I'm
0: not pressing charges.
1: I'm not pressing charges, but oh my God. And and then there was other stuff, you know, when there's never like one little thing, it starts chipping away. Like if they're an embezzler, you know, they take $50, they take $500, they take 5,000. I've had an embezzler take about, Thirty thousand. Oh my god! With a bunch of real shade ball techniques. Well, they start and then
0: they're, they're like, "I'm just taking care of your rugs now. I'm having your oh yeah. Now I'm just living legs. your life now.
1: Wherever you <laughs> shop, I'm buying clothes there. Oh, and then these people and at the time at that time now with one of them, you know, I was doing Cheers, so I'm also going to sleep with some of the actors.
0: Oh yeah. yeah I'm your yeah.
1: caretaker and I sleep with your actors. Oh my and god. And I steal all your money and I'm trying to pretend like I'm you. Thanks for tuning in. I know you have different options. Bye.
0: That wraps up another episode of Kirstie Alley on the Verge. Be sure to follow Kirstie on Twitter and parlor at Kirsty Alley. Also, follow our official show Twitter at K-A-On-The-Verge. That's K-A-On-The-Verge. We'd like to thank Anchor.fm for the host. Be sure to share the podcast with all of your friends. And if you get a chance, drop us a five-star like wherever you listen to this podcast. Until next time, we'll see you soon.